I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You are listening to Scoop B Radio. What's going on? I hope wherever you're listening from, you and your loved ones are safe during this COVID-19 period. Hey, this is the producer of Scoop B Radio, DJ Manio. I would just like to take the time out to give a big thanks for the listeners to the pod. We did record numbers last month. So on behalf of Scoop B and myself, thank you for the four years of supporting Brandon on his media journey. If you have a few minutes to spare, please fill out a short listener survey. Go to scoopyradio.com slash poll. You can also share your opinions about the show so we know what works and what we can do better. That's scoopyradio.com slash poll. S-C-O-O-P, the letter B, R-A-D-I-O dot com slash P-O-L-L. Don't worry if you didn't catch any of that. The link will be in the description. You're listening to Scoopy Radio with Brendan Robinson. E.K. Manny. Manny. L. Scoopy Radio. You know what's official if Barry Bond said, yo. The best in the business. That's word of Scoop. You either tuning in or reading the word from Scoop. He give you the business. He show you the proof. If Scoop B said, you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment. He give you the mix. Some of the biggest interviews. He give you the fix. On iTunes, the number one podcast, the Jordan, the journalist, the GOAT, so why ask? Watch out, watch out. about it? If he naming them, scoopy.com, do numbers like Chamberlain. Pin game is a gift, got the gift to gab. If he say it is gospel, it's as simple as that. Now pay attention and you can see the way it go. Enough of this talking. This is Scoopy Radio. You're listening to Scoopy Radio. Get on his Instagram now. At Follow Scoop him. B. That's Scoop Beast. Follow him. Yes, sir. Scoop Scoopy Radio. Radio. Overtime. On the plane, on the train, everywhere you need to be. I am Brady Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoop B. Instagram, Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. Make sure, most importantly, to subscribe to the Scoop B Radio podcast. Available on all streaming platforms Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn Apps, Stitcher Apps, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply by visiting ScoopBRadio.com. 2.1 million streams. And last, year in 2019 one of the reasons why is because we definitely have newsmakers no different here is we got my main man 
Jamaria Moore on the line. Jamaria, welcome to Scoopy Radio. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me, man. I appreciate you having me. I love to talk, man, so I appreciate you giving me something to do. <laughs> for sure, man, for sure. Talking, talking, podcast, that's what they're for, and uh, I want to make sure that I pay the bills here. You um, are part of the inaugural five tournament, uh, which is from July 19th to the 29th, which will be right. airing live on pay-per-view from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. How cool is this? Man, listen, man. After all the stuff that's been going on, you know, these last few months, man, to be able to get out and get on the court, man, and talk some trash and, you know, knock some people over, man, this this is going to be like a breath of fresh air for me. And I can't wait to get to Vegas and and and, and shine. You know, by me being the moon, I can't wait to shine over Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Talk about that. You guys literally just looking at some of the rosters. If I'm not mistaken, you're on Team Toronto. Right. Right. You um, know what? And I love that, too. I, I, I love that because, to, you know, by this being the first year, mm-hmm. it, it's good to come into this in the first year being on the Toronto Five. And I started my first year in the NBA with Toronto Raptors. So it's going to be it's going to be uh, a lot of excitement the same way it was my rookie my rookie season in Toronto, so we're gonna we gonna have a blast. Nah man, you talk about Toronto, that's a good city, NBA champion reigning, current reigning NBA champions. We still haven't crowned an NBA champion this for this coming season, but you join uh, a Toronto team um that has other guys like Will Solomon, Mike Taylor, Julian Wright, Patrick O'Brien. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time, Mike Taylor. What, what was your what who are you most looking forward to playing with? On that Toronto 5-10. Man, I'm ready to play with everybody. I see. I just love the game so much, man. It don't matter who's on my team. You know, at the end of the day, it's a game. You know, so number one, we're going to have fun. And, you know, I know all the guys that's on the team, they're competitive. So we're going to go out and compete. And we're definitely going to be trying to blow people out, going to get the game over with ASAP. And, and you know, Mike, by Mike Taylor being on my, on my team, man, I know we're going to come out with a lot of energy, bro. Mike is, well, I'm talking about his energy level is on 1,000. So, you know, my energy level compared with his energy level, man, we going to, I'm sure we're just going to go in there and, and tire out some people and beat them down. For those who are listening, make sure to check out uh, the five tournament. That's the five, that's the number five, tournament.com. Rivalries that were once must-see TV are renewed um, as former Chicago Bulls matchup against former Knicks. Ex-Santino Spurs take on the Miami Heat and more. Um, I'm curious to know, have you ever heard, besides you guys, of a pay-per-view basketball tournament? <laughs> no, man. Listen, I swear I never have. I was thinking about that when, you know, when when the idea first came up. And, you know, my first, first thing was, you know, I was wondering if a lot of people were going, you know, want to tune into it, you know, via pay-per-view because of all going on man but it's going to be some exciting players it's going to be some exciting basketball and I'm sure some hungry basketball fans out there that's waiting on a fix and you know we July 19th through the 29th you're going to have your fix so you know just as, as my guy T.O. say get your popcorn ready man because it's going to be in, it's going to be entertaining random question is there such thing as being socially distant on defense <laughs> being socially distant on what now on defense 
<laughs> oh no. No such thing as social distance. So it, the only thing that's gonna be social distance is when I slap the whoever trying to shoot the ball, when I slap it up in the third row, that's the only thing that's gonna be social distance. That's it. It ain't no social distance and when we get there, we pass everybody pass their test, it's no social distance and you okay, I can take your cookies. <laughs> there ain't no social distance. You are in a very interesting position. That's Coopy Radio and talking all things basketball, talking all things black tournament. Um, you being from Goodwill, Goodwater, excuse me, Alabama. Um, right. When I drafted uh, in 2001, you found your way to the NBA uh, in 2017, excuse me, 2007, um, playing for the Raptors. Right. What do you remember? Um, about those days with Toronto, because I feel like Toronto, a lot of people are just not getting hit. They think Vince Carter, then Kawhi Leonard. You kind of were in a space where it wasn't Championship City, but at the same time, Toronto still had something to offer. What do you remember about those days in Toronto? Man, I, I never forget anything about that. That's you know, like that's the first team I, I played with. You know, so that's the first team that gave me an opportunity to go out. And show people that I, you know, deserve to be in the NBA. So I, I remember from the day I got off the plane and went to the hotel, came outside and bought me one of the uh, hot dogs off the street in front of the hotel. Walked over to the Air Canada Center, went in the in the uh, locker room for the three day mini camp, laced them up, balled out the first day of mini camp. The team said they liked me. <laughs> they signed me. I couldn't get in contact with my mama because they was on a cruise. <laughs> so I had to sit in the hotel full of excitement, ready to tell somebody. And, you know, basically, listen, it, everything after that was history, man, because once the preseason started, man, it was like, oh, man, this I should have been here a long time ago. But, you know, man, like you just said, though, a lot of people like really, you know, starting to get on to the Toronto Raptors, you know, now that they won the championship. So a lot of people, you know, obviously worldwide, you know, tuned into the Raptors. But a lot of people were watching the Raptors when Vince Carter was there because it was, you know, that's prime time. Every night him and Tracy McGrady, they're going to give you some highlights. But, uh, you know, before they even became close to being um, championship contenders, man, those fans from as long as I can remember – it's been sold out in Toronto in the Air Canada Center, man. As long as I can remember, so it. I, I think those fans look at every team like they're already a championship team, man, because they treat those they treat that that team like you know like it's a team full of gods. You know what I'm saying? They they love their team, and that's I think that's what one thing that made me feel so comfortable when I was in Toronto, man. Was when I first got there, it's like the fans just you know accepted me like I already played there ten years. So, you know, it was just easy for me to go in and get out on the court and play some basketball. I think they make everybody feel comfortable. I believe it. I visited Toronto once, and uh, I, I like the, the – what is it, the poutine, the french fries with the gravy on it? <laughs> I never ate that, man. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I never ate it. <laughs> you I never. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah, I, I never ate it, though. Well, that's why you stay so skinny. Hey, man, listen, I keep telling people it's a difference between skinny and fit. I'm fit. I'm not okay. skinny. We'll go with that. Okay. We'll go with that.
Now, listen, you maybe, you know what, though? Maybe you could have called me skinny when I was playing with the Raptors, but now I'm 235. I'm knocking between 235 and 240, man. I've been on the weights hard, eating right, taking my protein, my vegan nutrition, my vegan mass protein. Huh? What was your plan? My plan, I was around 208, between 208 and 210, maybe. That ain't bad. I know it ain't, but I, I, you said 208, 210 ain't bad, but LeBron was 265, 270. So you 208, you trying to, you know, guard LeBron in the post. Yeah, but, but, but the thing about it is, when I look at LeBron's um, body weight, a lot of that is shoulders and legs. Right. He heavy. You, you got, what you say? He is heavy, though. Yeah, you guys have two, two different body types. The only body, his body type reminds me a lot of Charles Barkley's just just fitter shoulders. Yeah, he he pretty he he uh he's heavy man. <laughs> LeBron is heavy, but you know what though, I was slim, but I wasn't weak. You know what I'm saying? So I think that kind of that's why I was able to kind of you know guard those guys. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I was. Yeah, to be guarding LeBron at two oh eight, man, that was I mean, I, I I guess that was a tough assignment. But I, I mean I held my own. But in transition it ain't no stopping him. He two seventy, I'm two oh eight. He coming at me full uh, full head of steam. It ain't either you gonna foul him or he gonna dunk on you. Tell me something. What is as a defender such as yourself, I have no piece of this, um, because he guarded Michael, he guarded LeBron, he he guarded Kobe. What is the biggest difference in guarding somebody with LeBron body type versus guarding somebody with Kobe body type? Uh, well, you know what? I uh, when I was guarding Kobe, it was almost like I, you know, I've watched, you know, why I just paid so much attention to Kobe because he was so close to Jordan. You know what I'm saying? And you, the game was almost identical, so it, it's almost like okay, I know when Kobe get it, if he posts me up, he gonna shoot a fadeaway. He ain't really like a back you all the way down to the basket type player. Mm-hmm. You know, so he'll get it, you know, make his move, but he's going to shoot a fadeaway. You just never know which shoulder he was going to shoot a fadeaway over. So it was easier for me to guard Kobe because all I had to do was like, okay, I'm going to either contest with my left or I'm going to contest, you know, with my right, depending on which way he turns. You know what I'm saying? But with LeBron, if he gets you, you don't know if he's going to shoot a long step back fade away or he going to back you all the way down to the basket and you don't know if your help coming. So you just got to try to sit there and hold your own. And you doing that the whole game against LeBron now. Okay, when I go back on the other end and they kick it out for a corner three, am I going to have enough arms left to shoot the ball? See, I never had to worry about that when I'm guarding, when I guard Kobe because he ain't real heavy, you know, and he ain't backing you all the way to the basket the whole game. That was the difference in guarding him and guarding LeBron. Am I going to have enough legs and arms to make a shot on the other end and kick it out after I guard LeBron? See, I was, you know, I was, I could go the whole game, you know, guard Kobe. I want to take a step back for a second. Scooby Ray on the line with You play for the Raptors and your first start against the Chicago Bulls, you had 12 points, six rebounds, and three steals, and one block in 23 minutes. And for those who were paying attention, uh, Jamario broke a uh, Toronto Raptors club record by recording at least one block in 12 consecutive games. Number one, what was in your Wheaties, sir? 
what was it, my Wheaties? Yeah. <laughs> determination. I sprinkled determination and will all over whatever I ate, man. I was just hungry. You know, I was happy to be there, but I was determined to stay hungry to stay there. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, man, whenever I go out here, it's like, what am, what is my assignment today? That game that you you talking about against Toronto, I mean, against uh, Chicago, mm-hmm. I had to guard Luau Deng, you know, and Luau Deng wasn't a, you know, he wasn't a scrub, you know what I'm saying? And definitely not in his Toronto, uh, I mean, in his Chicago years, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, man, what is my assignment? Okay, to just go out here and make it difficult for uh, Luau? Okay, cool. So the whole game, I'm just, I'm trying to beat exactly where his jersey number is <laughs> the entire game. And, you know, I, I thought I was going to be nervous, but I think I was more anxious than nervous. You know what I'm saying? Just anxious to get out there on the court and prove myself against, against some of the best players in the world. So, like I said, I just sprinkled some will and determination on my Wheaties, man. Eat up and go out there and, and let let my game do what it do. Chris Bosch was a teammate of yours. Oh, Mr. Double Double. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. 20 and 10. Let me ask you a question uh, in Toronto. Um, you guys were teammates in Toronto, correct? Yeah, we were teammates in Toronto. Okay. When you look at his game, do you see any flashes of Anthony Davis? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Of course, because both of them are nice face-up players. They're not really back to the basket, back you down like Shaq and, you know, dunk on you like he like Shaq dunked on Matumbo. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 neither one of them are really, you know, that type of player. They're going to shoot the fade away or they're going to face you up, jab, and, you know, shoot the nice little mid-range, man. So I think their games are – they they really right there neck and neck. I don't I don't see – I don't uh, – maybe – Maybe Anthony Davis shoots the three ball better. Right. And he, he may have, you know, a little better ball handling than Chris Bosch. But, I mean, as far as – I mean, if, if, other than those two things, and I, I think they're basically the same player. Is he a Hall of Famer? Is Chris a Hall of Famer? Uh, what What's one thing that they say gets you into the Hall of Fame? What, what's yeah, the first thing? How, how many championships they got? How many Two. championships did Chris get? Two. Okay. And he's a career – is he a career double-double guy? I'm going to check now as we're, as we're talking. Be radio. Hey, if, 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 you got, if he got two championships, he's a career, you know, double-double close to – He has 19 points in 893 games, 19.2 points, 8.5 rebounds. Oh. Uh, be radio. Oh man, I would, I would, I would make him a Hall of Famer. I like Chris, man. I, I would make Chris a Hall of Famer. I would. I mean, go if you go, you could go down the Hall of Fame list and look at some other people on the list and be like, oh man, Chris is a, he, he gonna definitely be a Hall of Famer. I'm gonna give you an example. Yao Ming did not average. I'm gonna give you an example. Yao Ming did not average a double double in 486 games. He out at his 19 points, had 9.2 rebounds, but his global impact right. coupled right. with points. I guess, man. Yeah. This is going to be radio. Mm. But I, agree I, with you I, I, I like this. I, I think Chris is a Hall of Famer, man. 
I think, yeah, I know some people are going to be like, man, Jamario, you crazy, but I guess they, they will have to play against Chris. You know, you only believe it. I guess if somebody show you then and make you a believer, then, you know, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I think Chris is a Hall of Famer, yes. Does it bother you that his health hindered his continuation of his career? And if so, what would be what would, how would we be looking at Chris if he was still, still playing? Oh man, I, you 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 always hate to see some, especially somebody you you know you were teammates with you you guys were close you know while you was playing. You, you definitely hate to see somebody's career get cut short due to health you know, health problems or something like that, man. You, I, I mean, for me, it, they don't even have to be my teammate. I just hate I, – I don't like when people get hurt in, in the career. I don't like when people – I don't like when they use your age against you. If, if you can still – if you could, if you was 50 years old and you could still play at the same level, I feel like you should still be playing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But – but uh, to see Chris have to sit down, you know, due to you know the health issues, man, that was kind of like, oh wow, man. I, and I can I can imagine how he feel because when I was I, when I see it on uh, was seeing it on TV, I was just shaking my head like, oh, I can't believe it. And, you know, you look at him like, man, that he, he looked healthy to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure he probably felt like, man, I could because I think he was still trying to play, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, I think he was still trying to come back and, and play, but. I mean that's that's got to be tough. I I can't I can I can't even imagine you know being your career being cut short because of that man. But but I don't know you know I can't say what type of you know how we would be looking at him or what type of player he would be or you know I you just never know you know what I'm saying we don't know if you if he would uh you know he might have turned in and he might start averaging thirty you know what I'm saying or went dropped and start averaging three you can you never know about that so I can't say what type of player, you know, we would be looking at now if Chris would have still been playing, man. But, I mean, if we just I guess all we could do is go off what he was already doing. So I'm sure he would have been pretty consistent. And then I guess you, would, you wouldn't have had to ask me if Chris was a Hall of Famer. You'd have already been like, man, Chris Bosch is a Hall of Famer, Jamario. <laughs> what was your one year in Miami like? Uh... You know what, man? I had some fun in Miami, man. When the first game I got there, man, D Wade just made it made me feel so comfortable, and he was it's like he was looking for me on on the offensive end. You know, I, like he was driving and he was just throwing it to the rim, man, and just let me do what I do. And I felt I felt like we had we we had a good season. We made the playoffs. You know, I got hurt in the playoffs. I wound up having to have surgery mm-hmm. on. Uh, I told my um my uh, they call it a sports hernia. So I got hurt, but I actually I thought I played well enough. Well, I died. Miami, but I think that's the time that Miami was trying to, you know, um, you know they was transitioning over to do the LeBron and and uh, and Chris Bosh signing. You know, I think they were trying to save money instead of you know handing out new you know big contracts and stuff like that. But I I enjoyed Miami, man. <laughs> Your winter time, you fly in, it's still warm. You, I mean, you don't have to worry about your big coats and all that stuff, man. I enjoy Miami. Yeah, you have to wear Canada Goose in Miami, I'd imagine. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Miami, you can just, hey, you, you can put on your Daisy Dukes in Miami and go for what you know. <laughs> so tell me something. You 
talked about Kobe, um, and you discussed how you felt as though he he was the closest thing to Michael. You right. played in Miami with Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. Some people say that Wade is like Michael. I've heard some people say Wade is like Allen Iverson. Where do you put Dwayne Wade in the comparison tree? I don't. I, I wouldn't compare D Wade to Mike. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pair, compare him to Mike. The closest thing I've seen to Mike is Kobe, man. Because his whole demeanor, his, the way he walks, chew, <laughs> hand gestures, talk, everything. It was just like you was looking at Mike in a Laker uniform. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. that's how I felt when I when I looked at Kobe. But I don't. I, I can't even really. Think of a player to compare D Wade to. That might be a good thing. I, I know D Wade probably like, yeah, I'm one of a kind, baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, I, I really can't. I don't think. I don't think he's. Uh, he, I mean, he had, you know, he he had to fade away like Mike, but I would compare D Wade to MJ, and I, I definitely wouldn't compare him to AI. You know what I'm saying? I just I think D Wade was just a. He was just, just like, I guess he one of a kind for real. I mean, I, I I really can't think of a player. I can't think of not one player that I can that I would compare. Can you can you think of somebody? I see a few different makeups. So like, so for example, you look at Joe Johnson. You see the success he's having like overseas. He's always been a great player. I tweeted the other day that Joe Johnson reminds me of. He's a continuation of Ray Allen, but at the same time, is Michael Jordan on the Wizards, right? Scoop so, uh, when I look at Dwayne Wade, I see flashes of different people. So, so like when, no pun intended, so like when Wade right. the league, I, he started at Portugal. He reminded me of a combination of Reggie Miller, who started out at Portugal. But at the same time, he also reminded me of early Ray Allen. Well, uh, I, I don't know, man. I can't, I can't see it, man. It just seemed like D Wade just was just his own, his own player. That's all. It, it just seemed. I, I can't think of anybody to compare him to. Yes, and I, but I think his mental tenacity. I think the way the way he was rugged on the court reminded me of Allen Iverson. Uh, oh no! Yeah, he going. Listen, when he hit the when he hit the court, he going one hundred and ten. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. He stayed on the. If you if you you probably could could uh they, they probably neck and neck. You know the number of how many times that each of them hit the floor every game. <laughs> That's for sure. Because they mm-hmm. stayed on the floor, man. D Wade gonna give you everything he got. Mm-hmm. But. I don't see it. I don't I can't compare I got now I gotta sit and think about this. <laughs> I never really thought about it, but like when I'm just trying to go off the top of my head, I can't think of nobody to compare him to. Other than well, himself. <laughs> That's it. Well we'll get back to that because really truly you were the slam dunk all staff related to me. Uh, you competed competed in the NBA All Star Weekend slam dunk contest in New Orleans in two thousand and eight. Um against um Dwight Howard and Gerald Green. What was that swing experience like? Man, all of that stuff was happening in my rookie season, man. So it was just like I was, like I was dreaming, man. Just to, to you know, to go from watching all those guys like Mike and Dominique and Vince and T Mac and you know all Nate Robinson and 
all the people that was, you know, on that same stage before me, man, it, to be to go from years of minor league, whatever league, to get to the NBA, to finally be on the same stage as those guys, man, that it's like that's like I was dreaming. Like the whole season was a dream. But that also weekend was wild, man. My family got to come out and, you know, they got to experience that weekend with me, man. Cause, you know, no, nobody really like coming from where I came from, nobody, you know, made it in professional sports as, you know, not to go, not went to a high level in professional sports, man. So it's almost like, you know, you gotta, can we even get out of here? So to be able to, you know, to give them that opportunity to come meet some people that they, you know, watched on TV and to experience that whole weekend, man, that felt good. Like, it felt like, I, they probably felt like they were dreaming too. But people asked me, was I mad because I uh, came in third place? I'm like, man, you see the people that I was in the dunk contest against? Why, why would I be mad that I came in third place? So, you know, the people back home, oh, they cheated you, man. The white didn't even dunk that. But when you go back and look at the replay of how he was flying with that cape on and threw that ball and it looked like Superman, right? <laughs> so, like he's a doing that. That's what made it like, oh, my God. Right. It, man, the way he was laying and threw that ball in, man, that, that was that was crazy, man. When they, when they showed it on the – like, you you really couldn't didn't see what it was when it happened in uh, regular speed. But when you look up on the Jumbotron and look at it in slow motion, you're like, oh, okay. But like It's about like when Vince did the elbow dunk. When he did it, people were just like, oh. But then when they go back and look at it, like, oh, okay. It was one of those moments. But I enjoyed that whole weekend, man. I wish I could go in. I, you know what? I wish – Every year on my birthday, I could just go back and do that for my birthday. <laughs> June 13th, happy belated birthday. Yeah, man, appreciate it. I got a year younger. <laughs> you talked about people asking if you were if you kept cheated uh, during the All-Star Game or the Slam Dunk Contest uh, in 2008. Um, tell me something. Um, do you take that and relate to the Derrick Jones Aaron Gordon controversy in Chicago this year at the same time? Oh no, man, that doesn't compare at all. My the dunk contest I was in doesn't comp- it doesn't compare at all to those two. Man, dunk, I, matter of fact, it was the, the the last one and the one before that one. I think I think both of them should have ended in a tie. Scoop, be real. Man, Aaron Gordon and, and uh, Zach Levine put on a show, bro. They put on a show. Every time they in the dunk contest, they put on a show. I don't even think Aaron probably he, – he probably don't even want to be in the dunk contest again, man. I would That would have been the first time in NBA history I would, if it was me judging, this is the first time in NBA history it's a tie. <laughs> man, both, I, they could have they let him dunk all night. What do you like about Derrick Jones Jr.? What say that again? What about his Derrick Jones Jr.'s slam dunk packages do you like? Oh, I just I don't I don't I just I think that the the height that he get on his dunk. Mm-hmm. He said Jones Jr., right? Yeah, Derrick Jones. Man, he gets some height on his man, it's like he 
almost about to look in the rim. I think that's what that's what get me. You know, me everybody say I jump high. But when you look at somebody else do it, you're like, oh man, okay, now I see what everybody's talking about. Cause when I dunk it, it's just like, okay, I dunked it, you know. But they like, man, you was up there. But when I watch him get up, it's like he and then he jumps so easy. It's like it's like 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 somebody just threw him up in the air. <laughs> Like, 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 a, like a young James White. Hmm. Yeah. Young James White. Yeah, man, that boy can fly. Don't tell him I said that, though. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that, because I got to see him when I get to Vegas, man. Keep it ready on the radio. Jamal Ramon talking about NBA basketball. Well, you, you mentioned Dwight Howard. Um, do you like... His reinvention and reboot in Los Angeles with the Lakers. I don't know if he reinvented himself, man. They they act like he just disappeared or something, man. It's just all about when you you got you have certain roles when you go to certain teams. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people like a lot of people that's outside of the game that you know they just watch it on TV. They just thinking you going out there and you playing. Everybody got a role. You know what I'm saying? You know. I mean, you you go out there, you do your job, you get paid, you go home. Just like anybody that work a a, a a regular job, they they get up, they go to work, they do what they they do they do what their job requires, and they they come back home. I think Dwight was just, you know, he was doing what he had to do with, with whatever team he was with. I don't think he reinventing himself or nothing like that, but I do like him with the Lakers because you know he has some, you know he. He still can jump with the best of them, so he's still blocking shots. He's still rebounding. You know, he don't really have to be a, a too much of a scoring threat. You know what I'm saying? They they got people that can score the basketball. So if, to be a rim protector and a shot blocker and a and a uh, I mean a, a rim protector and a rebounder, man, that's I love him with the Lakers and, and the six extra fouls. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, of course I like Dwight, man. He still can move. What was Cleveland like when LeBron left? Oh man, it was like one long funeral, bro. <laughs> you know, it was like everything just—I'm serious, bro. It's like everything just was like like the air just got sucked out of everybody. Like, oh man, I can't believe this. You know what I'm saying? But like, I think the fans were—they were like like they were hurt, like you know, like like they like they was. LeBron was married to them and he cheated on them or something. You know what I'm saying? They were like burning. You 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 saw the pictures. They was burning stuff and it was bad, man. You know everybody was hurt. You know I can I was you know I was hurt, but not to the point where I'm be like, man, I don't like LeBron no more. You know I'm oh let me throw all the shoes away. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't hurt to the point. You know I was you know gonna do something crazy like that, but it was like, dang, I felt like we were so close to you know we just had to. You just needed to add a couple, like a piece of a piece and a half, maybe. You know what I'm saying? And we could have, you know, got over the hump. But you know, when I go back and think about it, you know, a lot of people were like, you know, LeBron never really left outside of Akron and and uh and that surrounding area. So he used the time that he went to Miami for like college years. It's like he went off to college and you know, you know, got away and did his thing, and you know, now he come back home. So so basically, he went to like went to college, <laughs> got his degree, <laughs> came home and won a championship for Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? That's how I looked at it. 
after the fact. But you know, everybody was kind of hurt. You know what I'm saying? But I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna not be his friend or hate him or nothing like that, man. Because at the end of the day, it's a game. It's a game and it's a business. So you know, obviously he did. He made the best business decision for him and his family. And I'm sure a lot of other people will probably do the same thing. If somebody said you can go, you know, wherever, and you got a better situation for you, for uh, you and your family, of course you're going to go to the best situation for you and your family. So, yeah, he, like he went off he went off to the Army, came back, and everybody from Cleveland, you know, was standing right there, open arms, hugged. You know what I'm saying? He came and got the job done. That's, how, that's what I think. To quote Sean Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z, and to, to edit myself, I was just hollering at them girls. I was going to get right back. He came back to <laughs> right, right, man. That's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> but you know what, though, man? I'm happy. For, I'm happy he came back to Cleveland and won a championship, man. Because I, I know that had to take a whole lot of pressure off of him. Like, it was probably was like, you know how you have bad gas sometimes, man, and you just got to, oh, man, oh my, my back, it's all in my back, I'm hurting. And then when you finally just, you know, let all of that go, it's like, oh, man, what a relief. I know that's exactly how LeBron had to feel, man. That's why he was crying as soon as the buzzer went off when they won that championship, man. I'm so happy that boy came back and got that championship for them fans because them fans in Cleveland were loyal, boy. That when we went out, when LeBron left, and we, I think we lost like 26 straight or something, man. I think we had a long losing streak, man. When uh, LeBron came back and Flip the flip the switch, man, and got them back on the winning side. I know they had to be like, yes, thank you. But them fans were they were there the whole time. The whole time, the, all the stuff we was going through when LeBron was gone, man, all that losing, those fans were still coming in there rooting us on because they understood, you know, what happened. It was basically, I guess you could call it rebuilding. They understood, so they were still showing their loyalty, showing their support. And we kept going out there playing. We wasn't trying to lose. That's for sure. We were going out there trying to get them all, man. But, you know, I'm happy he came back and got them one, man, because they, they deserve Jamal, tell me something. Were you in that first game at Quicken Loans Arena when LeBron returned? Was I there? You played. You were on the court, right? Right. What was that atmosphere like? I don't know what it was like watching TV. I was in college. What was it like? Oh, man, for us, it was business as usual. It was, I mean, he wasn't on our team anymore. He was on the opposing team, so we had to go out there and get it. But you can you can feel the energy in the air. Man, every time LeBron got the basketball, you know what the fans – you heard what the fans were doing. Man, that stuff was – that was crazy. To play in the game, you ain't you, – you can hear it. But you ain't really like that in tune to it because you're trying to do your job at the same time. But when you go back and watch the game, man, you can hear that, man. That had to that had to hurt. I know that that had to hurt a lot to you know to come back home and to you know to get treated like that, man. But I'm sure he probably understood the way they felt. He 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 probably already knew, you know, the the kind of welcome he uh, if that's what you want to call it that he was gonna get. 
So, you know, he had to come out and do his job. We had to do our job, man. But it was it was weird. It was it was weird to just see him in the heat uniform anyway. But I don't know, man. I'm I'm sure he glad that's over. I'm glad it's over, man. Everybody happy, you know. They love him now. So everybody you, in a good place right now, man. You, you, you play for the Bobcats. Um what? You be from Alabama. Did you and Gerald Wallace cross paths? You guys were teammates in, in, in um, with the Bobcats, correct? No, no. Actually, Gerald was – where was Gerald? Gerald, I think he was on somewhere on – he might have been on the West Coast or something at that time. I can't remember what team Gerald was with then, but he was gone when I got to uh, when I got to Charlotte because you know I had uh, I, I was with the Clippers and then I didn't get signed, so I went to the to the G League and got called up to um, to the Bobcats. And Gerald, he was he was somewhere else though, but I came like towards the middle. Oh, no, it was almost towards the end of the season. That was the year they only won like six or seven games or something. It was bad. I remember that. It was bad. Right. But me and Gerald did cross paths before. I mean, you know, throughout the other years that I was in the league. Though. So that was all that was always great, man. It always every time we played them, it felt like I was getting like my high school was getting ready to play his high school. That's how it was that's how it always felt to me, man. It just felt good to see somebody from right down the street. Playing at the same, you know, at the highest level. Both of us at the same time coming from right down the road from each other, man. That always felt good. So how I think far a lot is of your hometown from his? Say it again? How far is your hometown Alabama from his? Man, probably about 20 minutes, maybe. Wow. Probably about 20 minutes straight down Highway 280. Wow. <laughs> it's it's not, not far at all. That was That was a big rival in high school. So and I think I think when when uh you know both of us was in the NBA I think people from our hometowns wanted us to be rivals or something you know what I'm saying but that it was great actually I actually he came we played a, a big three game in Birmingham and he came I actually asked him hey man you don't want to uh, come come play in the big three man but I think he I think he done now. I think he he officially retired from basketball. So you but I'm gonna ask him again Griffin. when I see him. I'm gonna keep asking him when I see him. No, that's real. And you talked about the Clippers. You talked. To, you you did play with Blake Griffin, right? Blake him. Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Eric Bledsoe, Mo Williams. Help me understand something. When I look at Blake Griffin, everybody looks at him as a slam dunk guy, but I feel like he expanded his game, and I feel like mm-hmm. he did something that Donald Wilkins didn't do in his era. I feel like Blake Griffin expanded his game outside of this jump, outside of this dunking. I feel like Zach Levine has established himself in that same regard. What about, do you see Blake Griffin's game evolving in that way also? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah, I, man, I noticed it when I was, he was actually working on that when I was with, when I was with the, uh, with the Clippers. You know, he would shoot threes. Like, if we shoot in that practice, he would shoot threes or he would shoot whatever shots, you know, some of the wing players were shooting. He wasn't just in there working on his spin off the post dunks that you always saw. You know, he he was he, – he, you could tell he wanted to get better, man. He wanted to do more than just, you know, run the floor and catch lobs. But you know what? That's kind of crazy, right? Because he was averaging 20 points, and he wasn't even shooting jumpers. <laughs> so, I guess he figured, like, hey, man, if I, if I develop me a – 
you know, my shot outside, you know, close to the three-point line, then, you know, it's going to increase my payday. So he did a good job at it, man. I ain't saying he, not, I ain't saying he a, you know, spectacular shooter, but if you leave him open, he, gonna make, he, he can make some shots. Outside of basketball, what are you doing with yourself these days? Man, listen, my kids starting to play ball. I got, I got two daughters, man, 11 and 5. Both of them started playing. Well, my this is the second year. This past uh, this past season was the second year for my eleven year old. My five year old just played her first season, man. And it's like them two kids were made to play basketball, man. My eleven year old just as tall as a mama. Now I think she's like five seven or something like that, man. So we might have to start making some phone calls to. Uh, to uh to some of these college coaches and, and tell them they they got somebody they need to watch out for, but uh I think them them kids was because I didn't make them you know I I wasn't one of the, one of the parents that played basketball to look to the kids like hey you gonna play basketball because this what I said you know what I'm saying I wasn't one of those people and uh you know they just picked up the basketball they fell in love with the basketball my five year old always outside in the yard shooting shooting some jumpers man and. My my eleven year old just I don't know she's just bigger than everybody so she just a, she just a big bully <laughs> and uh, man so that that's what I'm doing man I just I just be outside or uh, you know whenever we can go back to the gym I'll be in the gym but now I'm just out here man just watching them shoot and watching them grow to love the game man and telling them hey this basketball can take you a long way and I hope they stay with it I'm not gonna you know make them but if they if they start playing, they can't quit. You know, if you, if you start a season, you can't quit. If you go and stop playing basketball, it'll be after this season. So if this right. is what you want to do, you got to love it. Put gear, you know, put your time in, and you know, get it get, get good. So that's all I'm doing, man, is watching them grow and play, man. I ain't doing too much, working out, staying in shape. You know what I'm saying? So I can keep running around with them. I'm 40, but I'm like really like I'm I'm 25. <laughs> well, old is how you feel. Right, it's all in your mind. That's what I always say, man. It's all in your mind. I don't want to listen. I don't want to. I don't want to act like I'm old. I don't want to dress like I'm old because I feel like if I dress like I'm old, I'm gonna start feeling like I'm old. So I still, <laughs> I still dress the, the same way. Like I wear all the little crazy colors and all this kind of stuff to make me feel young, vibrant. You know what I'm saying? Energy colors. There you go. There you go. Energy. Energy is the word of 2020, if you ask me, sir. Right. I'm with you when you write. Word. Old is how you feel, and that's what all the young kids are wearing now. And crazy colors. I'm glad you're blending in with the times. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Matter of fact, I got on some crazy. I don't know if you watched the Big Three Championship this year, but I had on some Super Mario. Custom shoes. I, I actually got them on my feet right now with red, green, purple, yellow, everything. All kind of colors. Blue. And I'm just out here lighting it up, man. I actually want to eat to the gym today, man. Yeah. You doing your thing, good brother. Listen, I got to run. But I want those who are paying attention to make sure um, that they continue on by checking out um, your pay-per-view special. Uh, the five tournament, you will represent right. the six. Visit the five tournament.com for more information. 
Um, and everybody can check out all of your stuff on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter as well, correct? Right. My Instagram is I, at I am J Moon. My Twitter is at I am Jamario Moon. But I'm mostly on the gram though. I don't. I just I, I use my Facebook just to socialize with my with my people from you know around where I'm from. But my Instagram is where I be acting a clown at I am J Moon. There you go. All right, good brother. I am following you on everything now, and um, looking forward to talking to you soon. And keep doing your thing, brother. Yes, sir, man. I see when I see you fall, I follow back, Leo. Just did. All right, man. All right, good brother. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it, man. And this is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Dunkin'. Kaboom! Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.